Hello everyone, I'm Marcus O'Brien, Vice President of AutoCAD, and you're listening to the AutoCAD Podcast. In this series, we'll give you an in-depth view of all things AutoCAD, recording live from the AU Expo Hall. First of all, I've got to talk about your safe harbor statement, the most exciting part of this podcast. So our podcast today may contain forward-looking statements about our podcast, business, and other company information. Don't base any of your purchasing decisions based on this podcast. What we're talking about today is true of the, as of this moment, but things change quickly in software, and we can't guarantee the things that we talk about now will remain that way in future. Safe harbor statement done. So in this episode of the AutoCAD podcast, you're going to hear from Danielle Hassan and Rob McGuire about the innovations we bring to you in every release of AutoCAD to help you push the boundaries of design, along with some of the commentary on the latest announcements here at AU 2022. We're going to talk about the evolution of AutoCAD that has served our customers for the last 40 years into an insights-driven, ML-powered, multi-platform product ready to take on the challenges of today. To help me talk about this, today I've got Danielle Hassan alongside me, Director of Product Management for the AutoCAD product line. She led the product team to introduce ML and data science into AutoCAD, launched AutoCAD Web, and partnered with some of the leading cloud providers. Before joining Autodesk, Daniel was a construction manager in Boston and worked in product strategy and marketing for AEC software startups. She has a BS in civil engineering from Tufts University and an MBA from MIT Sloan. No big deal. She loves meeting new people, whether customers at AU or traveling the world, or at the dog park in New York City with her expertly trained Labradoodle Coco. Some of those things might not be entirely true. I have definitely been on Zoom calls with Coco. Welcome to the podcast, Danya. How are you doing? Thanks, Marcus. Great to be here. It's great to have you here. So talking about being here, what brought you here? Let's talk a little bit about the past and kind of what brought Danya kind of to Autodesk and to, to the software industry. Absolutely. Yeah. So I started my career in construction. I was on the construction site doing line and grade and managing guys and gals in the field. And uh, I really enjoyed working with others to get a big project done and then seeing my work being used by people like us every day. So really loved being on the construction site. I also really loved the innovation that we were doing there. So I actually did a lot of building information modeling using products like AutoCAD Revit and uh, Navisworks at the beginning and eventually made my way into software. I started with a few different startups. Some of them are here and uh, really got excited by AU. This is my ninth AU. Wow. Uh, and, you know, really got excited about the things that were happening at Autodesk. So yeah. Uh, wanted to come here to be able to make an impact with with uh, with the software that we build. Great. And were you on the when you worked uh, you know in the field when you were a customer of ours? Did you work on the design side of things mostly, or were you in construction, or kind of where did you where did you fit in? I was in the construction side, so I was a field engineer. I did site survey, uh, and I managed uh, project engineering and superintending for Turner Construction in Boston. Nice. So I always think of like there's two kind of sides of. Um, when I think of design engineers, those are the types of people who are good at being like really thoughtful, planning ahead. You mean like you? Uh, I mean, you know, I would, you know, there are there are exceptions to every rule, right? I would say that's probably why I left that industry. Yeah, that wasn't me. Yeah, but but I think about some of the pressures that build up in a project. You're kind of you're getting a design complete. You're going from concept design through detail design, um, and you're trying to get to tender or bidding, as they call it here in the U.S. Uh, and that that's kind of a linear, uh, possibly exponential pressure that builds over time. The people who work on site, though, can, you know, construction engineers are the people who 
something happens that day, you've got to fix it right now. You've got yeah. to be able to handle those spikes in pressure, right? Absolutely. Now, oh, There's we, no remote work on the job site, right? You're right. either there at 6 a.m. or you're not. And you're fixing problems right now. Absolutely. I've always yeah. really respected that. Yeah, you know, I, it was a lot of fun, you know, yeah. like really feeling like the work you did have an immediate impact and yeah. you could really see, feel and touch it. It, it is really cool to yeah. see that impact in real life. Great. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about it, but why, what, you know, 40 years of AutoCAD, why did you choose to come here and kind of, um, what was it about the legacy that kind of attracted you to this product? Yeah, well, it definitely has a legacy, right? Uh, you can talk to about 50% of the people in the world, right? And, and talk to an AutoCAD customer, or someone's aunt or uncle uses AutoCAD. So it's really great because I love talking about AutoCAD. So, um, you know, as I got here and I started to realize just how much innovation was still happening, even for a 40 year old product, I really felt like, you know, with the amount of sort of innovation plus the number of users that are really excited about mm -hmm. the, the way that we can drive efficiency for our business with AutoCAD, it's really a magic combination, isn't it? Right. I, I, one of the things, you know, the number of customers we have, I think, you know, one of the things we say internally is anything multiplied by AutoCAD is a big number. Right. So the, the impact you're able to feel as someone who is developing software and kind of solving customer problems is just, it's huge. You yeah. Know? And yeah. I, I, I hear, I feel that. For it, sure. It's great to see. You know, we were in um, the AEC keynote yesterday yeah. and did a show of hands just how many people started on AutoCAD and still use AutoCAD, and it was 95%. It's yeah. really nice to see. So yeah. when we do make these great innovations, that they're really impactful for all of our customers at Autodesk. Well, now that you're touching on it, we saw AutoCAD in a couple of key, you know, announced a couple of times today. You know, we saw uh, Steve Blum talking about AutoCAD and, and the important role that ML is having in terms of assisting customers and having live chat in product. We're also th seeing things around how ML-driven insights are powering features that we're creating these days. Can you talk to me a little bit about, you know, this is the future of AutoCAD podcast. Can you talk to me a little bit about kind of some of the changes you've seen happening yeah. in AutoCAD over the time, the almost decade you've been here? Yeah, so over nine AUs, I think the conversation has been shifting quite a lot. So when I first got here, we were talking about how do you get data into the drawing, right? Whether it's things like uh, PDF input or... Uh, you know, drawing, compare, even just trying to make data in AutoCAD a lot easier. Right. And, uh, and that was really impactful for customers. You know, a couple years ago, around 2016, 17, you really started customers starting to embrace the cloud. And we realized just how many billions of DWGs right. are in clouds. Uh, at that time, that's when we started doing a lot of the partnerships with the big uh, cloud providers, investing really heavily in, in docs and getting that data into our clouds which really powers us to do different things. So now what I'm seeing is we're using data in, in multiple ways. One being we're really helping our customers collaborate with each other. We talked about data processing tools today a mm -hmm. lot and, and really seeing customers trying to embrace the products across Autodesk together to work you know, more seamlessly. And we see you know, that shift to the platform starting to evolve at Autodesk. And I think customers really like what we're doing and really want to see more. So. I think we have a big challenge ahead on that side to right. try to figure out how do we create those those stepping stones to get customers to help build that future together with us. On the AI and ML side, that's that's also a really big way that we're using data, right? You know, we've been talking about automations for a long time. Four years of legacy uh, really has a lot of automation in it, whether it's, you know, using the array command to automate the creation of many objects at the time or batch plotting. We've been doing automation for a very long time, right? in the name it's in the name yeah auto dad yeah uh, and so but what i'm really talking about today is something a little bit different we we have the power of machine learning to be able to 
do more with the software than we ever could before. So we're able to guide customers to better outcomes. So the markup import and assist, I'm not sure how many customers are, have seen that already, but if you haven't yet, check it out. It's super powerful. Update so can, to the latest version, right? If yeah, you want exactly, to see right? it, you update. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can capture uh, markups from any uh, anywhere, whether it's PDF, it's in the drawing, or even on paper. You can right. do it on a mobile device, take a picture of it, we pull in those markups, and uh, we actually can use that machine learning to figure out that this is text that belongs in the drawing or rev clouds that belong in the drawing and maybe even help you go further than that into the future. So, Yeah, I, 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 and I'm, I'm all in. I, you know, I heard a couple of key things I want to dig into here. I heard, you know, collaborate. You know, I heard platform and I heard AIML. Give us a little bit of context around just how much customer data there is out there. Like with AutoCAD, one of the advantages of being a 40-year-old product is that the DWG file format has existed a long time. Tell us, you know, tell yeah, us a little bit about it, that. It's practically an industry standard, right? right. People use DWG to collaborate because it is the, the language of CAD, right? Yeah. It, and so what we found was a few years ago, we started looking into working with these cloud providers. And there were over 12 billion DWGs in those cloud providers alone. And we only picked four of them. I'm sure there are way, way more than that. Not in, only in the clouds, but, you know, on desktop devices as well. And so... Imagine the power of all of that data, being able to crack that open, find you know, pieces of data that are re relevant for other users, and really be able to present relevant information to, to each other from that data. Or so, personalized data also, right? Based on your catalog of oh, DWGs that you've don't created. Don't get me started, Marcus. <laughs> I mean, especially on the personalization side, it's important yeah. to talk about the things we're doing on the inside side as yeah. well, right? Tell you know, me about it. Really meeting customers where they are. We can find you know patterns in their usage history and their commands that they use and actually offer them not just tips, but even macros to automate their work. So if you're up there, I think you saw Amy talk about this just a few minutes ago. Amy was talking about, well, if you are constantly move, copy, rotating your chairs to, to create a layout, we'll offer up a macro for you to, to automate that workflow. These are personalized, right? So they're probably different for you than they are right. for, for someone else here. Yeah. But, you know, that, that's, a, that's the future of learning, really, right? Really meeting you where you are yeah. and making your journey towards being better and your we, own. And we can't talk about adoption numbers and we can't talk about, you know, future-facing numbers as well. But what we can say is that in terms of these ML-driven, you know, these macro advisors and things like that, we are seeing massive success rates in terms of customer satisfaction. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what you can say? Not to put you on the spot, but we know that, for example, some of the things we track are when we do offer up an insight, we know that customers are likely to click on it. In fact, they're likely to save that macro as well, that we're offering the right information to That's the right, right person at the right time. So a way that we can measure that is like, do you use what we use and do you save it? And we're seeing a lot. People use it a lot and save it a lot, right? So, That's absolutely true. Yeah. I don't want my boss to fire me, so I won't actually say. <laughs> Disagree with me. <laughs> yeah. No, well, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's the vast majority is what sure. I'll say. Yeah. It's a number that's staggering. Yeah. So, and be, it's really because it's so personalized right. that that insight or that macro is valuable to the user, right? Yeah. You know, typically when you get emails or something else about like how you can help in your workflows or they're out of context, they're not for you. Yeah. Those things get sub 1% click yeah. rates. Okay. I'm talking about the vast majority of, of people finding you. Wonderful. I want to take a little bit, uh, just kind of a sidestep. So one of the things you talked about was kind of the evolution of AutoCAD in terms of it went from pulling data into the DWG to connecting to, uh, you know, Dropbox, Box, OneDrive, those partnerships we did to connect to those billions of DWGs. And COVID hit, right? Then we had... Yes. Suddenly, we've got all of our customers suddenly working from home for the first time. 
talk us through kind of some of the things that we did there and kind of what we learned and, and sure. how we evolved our products. I mean, you know, I, I think what we saw was an acceleration of something we saw happening anyway, which was our customers really want to be able to take their data and their AutoCAD wherever they go. Right. But, you know, that really accelerated when, when you know, they hit COVID and they right. didn't have their desktop machines at home. What we did in a couple of days, we were able to give them free access, free commercial access to their web and mobile products. And they kept up and running. Yeah. So they were really happy with that. They got BIM docs as well so that they could access their cloud files and right. really enable their workflows. So And really well, helped to shape the product. The web product at that yeah. time, uh, you know, very much became, you know, what we call meet over a DWG, a place for teams and people to collaborate. Yeah? Absolutely. Coming back to your point about collaboration, like that multi, multi-platform aspect. Tell me about how you think about desktop web mobile, the kind of different use cases for them that, that, that kind of as you see it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, you know, obviously AutoCAD desktop, that's where your detailed designs are really happening. You've right. got the precision of AutoCAD. You've got your dual monitors. You've got your, you know, funky little mouse with all your, your shortcuts going on there. That will be around for a very, very long time to help customers get detailed design. What we found is an addition that customers really want to meet with each other over a DWG, right? You and I are collaborating. Wouldn't it be great to have that DWG right in front of us? Right. The web is the best place to do that, and I mm-hmm. believe it's the future of collaboration. Right. So the AutoCAD web app has been really useful for customers to add markups, to you know, really be able to input feedback from each other so that they can continue that, you know, that collaboration on desktop. And then what we're seeing on the mobile device is that mobile customers are bringing their devices onto site more and more often, right? right. Not just construction mm-hmm. uh, professionals, but designers, right? right? They need to go out and validate field conditions. They need to do as-builds. They need to make sure that their drawings are accurate and make sense and, and can really work in the field. And mm-hmm. so they're bringing their mobile device into the field to get that input, that data from the field to be able to, you know, really leverage the work. So, yeah, I think, you know, just back to your point, I feel like, what we've seen is an acceleration of our customers going to web and mobile, mostly right. because they need to now, right? They're experiencing all this challenge uh, and digital transformation. And what they're met with is, is tools and solutions right. that really help them do that. And we have a new offering, right? Absolutely. Tell me about it. What do we got? <laughs> well, we just brought AutoCAD Web to market. It is a combination of the web and mobile applications. And it's offered at a lower commercial price than uh, some of our desktop software, which makes it more accessible for customers like project engineers, for example, mm-hmm. that work in AutoCAD, but maybe a little bit less so than some of the other folks on their team. And it's really an accessible way for that next generation of users to take advantage of the web, the cloud, and, and mobile devices that get them working faster. Fantastic. Love it. Yeah. Um, let's see. As we look towards the future, so you, you, you talked about collaboration. I want to touch on it again. What, what, what does that mean for you? It's kind of a loaded term, platform collaboration. They're kind of very heavily used. Um, what does collaboration mean for you? Ooh. I think, you know, I really liked how Andrew and Amy have put it today, which is really about connecting people, data, and process all together. Yeah. Right? So when you think about how we're going to be able to enable our products to work better together, that's going to happen through the platform. Right? right. So. We're going to continue to build on top of docs and really make those experiences, those collaborative experiences really great. But we're going to do it in ways that allows us to access data that powers insights and automations on top of it. Right. And that is really the future of collaboration. Love it. Succinct. Love it. I've got, I've got a section here which is called this or that. Uh-oh. I'm going to read this to you, Danya. Okay. This or that. You're going to Uh-oh. get to pick one. Can I present you with a this? <laughs> you can present me with a this. Check this out. Danya's opening her bag. 
know whether people know what this is. It's a live ferret. Potatoes! Oh, Yay! Uh, so these are uh, Irish chips that you can't get here in America. I had a feeling you might have got me a pack. Thank you, Dania. Dania found these in a, some store. Was it here? Yeah, New York City. So oh, you York. can find everything in New York. Love it. The point here is not a huge investment, but because I know you, <laughs> I know your data and how you work, right? I can offer you something. Personalized chips. Personalized <laughs> chips that I know you, only you will like. If I go the, gave those to Patrick, I don't know if he would like Patrick them Patrick so would like them. These are universally yeah, amazing. They're, they're yeah. fine. No, they're, they're, okay, they're universally. They're, they're the best for you. Listen so. to your this or that, right. that options. I'm listening. We'll start easy. Tea or coffee? Tea? No. Coffee. Definitely uh, coffee. Ribbon or command line? Uh, command line, definitely. Lisp or macros? Oh, I gotta go with macros, I'm sorry. Uh, enter button, spacebar, or right click to enter? Right click, definitely. Right click, controversial. Really? Spacebar. No way. Yeah. You're gonna move things around? No. Light mode or dark mode? Dark. Dark? Yeah. Me it's too. easier on your eyes, Easy. right? Easy. You don't have to wear those silly glasses. Groups or blocks? Uh, b- blocks. Blocks Floating tab file or tab on the second monitor? Tab on the second monitor? Are you joking? Have to do it. Of yeah. course. Last Use one. all that real Dogs estate. Dogs or cats? Twices. Cats. Boom. What? For Coco. Misha. Misha's out Coco there for the win. Coco for the win. Where's Coco? <laughs> Dania, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Before you go, I want to talk to you. I just want to say one thing, uh, which one of our, uh, we've had people give us some tips that we can share on here. And it was one of the tips I called out earlier. Um, so here's a quick tip for anybody who's using AutoCAD that might not have tried this before. Use shift plus spacebar to select from a group of overlapping objects. For example, select a single line from multiple overlapping lines and points. That's from Joshua M.G. Nelson. Thanks for sending that in. Appreciate Thanks, the tip. that's cool. We'll try and incorporate it. Right. Dania, cool. it's been a pleasure. It's I know you're really super fun. busy. I'm going to let you go, but thanks very much for coming to chat today. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Marcus. It's been great. Welcome back, everybody, to the all-new AutoCAD podcast. Sitting beside me now, I've got Rob McGuire, who's vice president of the AEC Design Platform Group. The platform group supports architecture, engineering, and construction, AEC customers, from a data and operations perspective, as well as delivering the AutoCAD product line. The AutoCAD portfolio of products now boasts web and mobile versions, partnerships with leading tech companies like Apple, Microsoft, and Google, and six industry tool sets for vertical industries. Rob has spent his career at Autodesk, and prior to his current role, worked in various roles including product management, engineering, and development. He holds a Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering from the University of California, Berkeley, and a Master's of Business Administration from Boston University School of Management. Rob lives in the Bay Area with his wife and children, and most importantly, is my boss. Welcome to the podcast, Rob. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you, Marcus. (laughs) It's good to have you here. Good to be here. Rob, as it says in your bio, you've held a number of roles at AutoCAD. You've been here for a while. Tell us a little bit about kind of your journey to, to VP of, of what you do now. Sure. Uh, so I started in college learning AutoCAD R12 for DOS. So previous to Windows actually being a thing, so that tells you how long I've been doing this. But I also took enough computer science in undergrad to be a little bit dangerous, and they just so happened to teach that in Lisp. So that was incredibly valuable little skill of mine, and so I could basically program AutoCAD uh, straight out of school. Nice. So uh, Autodesk was founded in my hometown of Mill Valley, California. Bounced around Sausalito and San Rafael, but I started working there when they were in San Rafael as a Lisp tester based on the skills I had learned in school, which was pretty interesting. You know, it was uh, it was big software firm. Like I thought I was going to be a mechanical engineer, and all of a sudden I'm in Autodesk uh, testing Lisp routines, but. 
funny thing happened right around January of 2000 when I started at Autodesk was uh, that was kind of the the bubble was about ready to burst uh -huh. and all the dot-com universe was started, starting to crash and pets.com was imploding <laughs> and all that. So we were, uh, you know, in one sense, trying to put the internet into uh, into AutoCAD. 2000i, right? 2000i. Yeah. Had a lovely little pop-up feature known as AutoCAD Today. Uh, probably most hated feature in the history of AutoCAD, <laughs> I would say. Lasted one release and then we took it out. But uh, it had that sort of connected, you know, internet connected world where we were trying to do uh, a bunch of features, right? We were connecting to AutoCAD publishing patches. We had a little CAD manager corner. People really liked that. Their CAD manager could type stuff in and publish it to their site. People love that. So in that sort of the swirl of the dot-com universe, uh, I got sucked into the software development side of Autodesk. So I quickly moved out of uh, Lisp testing and right. did webmaster stuff. And I was basically a server-side engineer connecting the internet to Autodesk products. And in many ways, I haven't stopped doing that. <laughs> and uh, so I was a you know junior in, uh, engineer, then I was a senior engineer, and I was uh, behind a bunch of our web service features and analytics tools. When we were pitching the analytics system, which is actually some of the foundation for some of the ML things that we do today, it w I was really interested in the in the pitch, right? Like here's here's a business case. I want to do this. Let's make it happen. Right. And kind of realized I needed some business school savvy and, and like as much as I wanted to be a product manager, I did need a little bit of training. <laughs> so I went back to, yes, yes, there's <laughs> nothing to it really. Um, so I uh, went back to school, got my business degree. I even got a master's of uh, science and in information systems because I didn't have enough computer science to be a minor, to have a minor from Berkeley. But honestly, I didn't need it after being an engineer for right. like six years. That was kind of course. maybe a bonus degree. <laughs> But um, yeah, so I came back to Autodesk in 2008 after the acquisition of RealViz, mm -hmm. which is a company in the south of France. Uh, Dominique, I think, was actually here. I saw him on the on the show floor. He was there uh, earlier, yeah. The Sintu company, yeah. I think. Yeah, so we had acquired that company. We were trying to basically, uh, if you take a bunch of pictures of an object, you could make a 3D model synthetically out of that and bring that into AutoCAD, which also sent us down the road of point clouds and laser scanning and other reality capture features. Yep. But um, right about then, we were Autodesk was interested in bringing AutoCAD back to the Mac. So I was the the initial PM of bringing AutoCAD back to the Mac, and that uh, that took me a few years. Um, but that was super cool. Really enabled by Macs moving to Intel-based processors, right. which made it a lot easier for Autodesk to come back. And so after doing that for a while, then I became the PM for AutoCAD for Windows. Then uh, then I was sort of more the general manager in terms of all the engineers. Since I had been a tester and I'd been an engineer and I'd been a product manager, I got the cross-functional job. Then uh, then they started just adding more AutoCADs. It was like, here's like some <laughs> seven industry verticals, like Plant 3D, which I knew nothing about when I got it. Yeah. And then uh, some web and mobile things and Mac things. And it was, uh, it was pretty cool. And then last November, um, that's kind of when I switched to uh, the AEC design platform right? Um, and picked up some additional responsibilities around our data stuff. So both with uh, some of the data interoperability that we already deal with, but uh, moving a little bit into this uh, cloud information model stuff that Andrew was talking about in the keynote yeah, yesterday. Yeah, I got a lot of questions to you about that, but, but hold on a second before yes, we get yes, there. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, um, talking about 40 years of AutoCAD, kind of the legacy, Kind of what are some of the standout moments for you, not, not just within your own career, but kind of for AutoCAD uh, over that time? Sure. Yeah, so from the R12 days, you know, the, um, you know that was for DOS, right? And there was uh, our, our first foray into Windows didn't really go so well. That was kind of the, uh, the R13 release with, that Let's was released for both uh, DOS and Windows. <laughs> but uh, by R14, it got a lot stronger right. and uh, much more popular. And in release 2000, we uh, introduced the Object ARX API, 
which is when we got like object-oriented C++ right. uh, code, which really enabled all of the verticals. We had verticals and other third-party extensions and Lisp and yeah. VBA and things like that. But once we got to object-oriented C++, like that's when it really took off. Right. And that was definitely like a marquee uh, sort of space. So then there was all the acquisitions. So we acquired Softdesk, which became Architectural Desktop. We acquired Genius Software, which became AutoCAD Mechanical. So this we was did. like end of 90s, early 90s, like the kind of, that was the, the big yeah. portion of articles. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. it like continued in like four or five more industries, right? And then with uh, 2009, that was the acquisition of Visual Tau yep. uh, with uh, Web and Mobile mm -hmm. and, you know, bringing the Mac back and all that kind of fun stuff. So I would say like uh, Object ARX really sort of changed the world. Like Lisp back in the day, like I would say from 82, like Lisp was introduced, I think the first release uh, thereafter. Yeah, and that that sort of started the third-party extension vibe, mm -hmm. but it really kicked into high gear with Object ARX. Right, I would I would agree with you on that. And Daniel had a couple of key moments as well. You know, one of the things Daniel talked about was, you know, Daniel's been here nine years, and she kind of said that we've had a big push to connect to all the data that's available. That was kind of what we've been doing since like 2017, 2018. Lots of partnerships with Dropbox, Box, OneDrive, uh, etc., to make sure customers connect to their data that's in the cloud. Prior to that, customers had everything on land, and there was, you know, there was there was no need to connect to cloud. But this push to connect to all of these DWGs that are in the cloud was kind of phase one for us. It feels like we're kind of entering phase two now. Kind of when when we heard Daniel talked about some of the ML capabilities that we've added to AutoCAD based on having more insights through data. You know, Amy talked about the macro advisor and again ML insights. Where is this going in terms of AutoCAD? Kind of, what do you think the what do you think holds some of the what does this open up for for AutoCAD customers? Sure, the um, I think those features are are a fantastic start. I think there's incredible value and and fancy things we're working on that we can't even talk about. But uh, <laughs> I think one of the things we realize as we try and do ML function uh, capabilities on top of our data is if the data is not all in the same place because it's in Box, Dropbox, OneDrive, Autodesk Construction Cloud, or mm -hmm. other repositories. We um, we can't do as much learning based on it as we would like, right? And many times the data is not properly structured, right? Mm -hmm. So if you want to look for like repeating patterns in a ML algorithm, you have to have sort of a centralized structured data set. And that's really where this cloud information model kicks in, right? And so starting with all those partnerships and the focus on data that AutoCAD has had for a while, thank you, Danya, thank you, Marcus, <laughs> The uh, that has really, you know, like you say, completed sort of phase one of like, okay, now now what do we do, right? We've got that part. So I think being able to recognize patterns and complete uh, workflows based on structured data, Brad, that isn't like all over the place. Like we're, I think, doing baby steps now with yeah. like broader algorithms, but like once we know your data and we can learn from your data in your case and offer more specialized uh, value based on your specific information, I think that's going to be incredibly powerful and will become the new way people work, frankly. I, and, and I think you, you, know, you, you hit the nail on the head there because there are, there are different ways of doing ML. You know, I think there's almost a, a God ML sticker uh, that, that's kind of um, a marketing uh, push for some, for some products in some industries that it's like ML powered, but powered to do what? But I feel having these personalized insights uh, is definitely uh, the direction to take it. I was talking to Daniel about we know that we're on the right track because the adoption of these features is huge. We're seeing customers use these features, want more of these features, so we know we're onto a winner. You, you, talk, you know, you talked about um, kind of a you know, cloud information model, and, and Andrew uh, on Mainstage talked about uh, you know Fusion Form and Flow. Can you talk a little bit more about kind of in your new role, kind of what that means and, and how we're doing things a little differently? 
Sure. So the cloud information model not only supports you know ML operations in AutoCAD, right. and, um, it supports the other sort of uh, traditional hero products, right? So Revit, Civil, Plant, et cetera, all have things like collaboration for Revit, collaboration for Civil, collaboration for Plant. And so the cloud information model will extend those uh, collaboration services as well. But so it's kind of like supporting the existing portfolio, but it also creates the foundation for the future portfolio. Andrew talked about like disruption, right? Like we want to offer value to AutoCAD customers, the existing portfolio customers, but we also want to like, what can we do if we don't have to be bound by the structures of the products we built, you know, 40 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever it was. Like there's some seriously awesome things we can do there, but when we can actually reimagine the interface of the product itself, we can go into things like Forma, right? So Forma is focused on what we call outcome-based design, where the ML is so integral to what you're doing, it's helping you actually design the thing in a more macro way. Yeah. You know, so we've got things like, you know, importing text and, you know, markup assist, markup import going on now and fancy things in the pipeline. But, you know, if you get to the point where you can actually shape the building based on the sun study, you can shape the uh, environment or the do a traffic analysis or a noise analysis, you know, daylight study of like how much daylight comes through the window, you know, to every occupancy in the building, we can optimize for such things, which, you know, is a little bit beyond what we can do with our traditional product sets today. Right. And how much, uh, you know, Raji uh, in her keynote yesterday talked about the role of platform in this kind of that we're, we're not building three separate, totally distinct things, you know, can, can you help uh, customers maybe understand at a high level what that means? Sure. So we have Forma, Flow, and Fusion, right? Fusion being sort of the farthest out in front. But we definitely don't want to create three new silos. We have plenty of silos now. <laughs> we don't want to create three new ones. So when we're building the cloud information model, to be clear, there's only one. Right. Right. There is one, and it's based on uh, Autodesk Platform Services, formerly Forge. That's right. With that, we have to kind of customize that for these different environments. But having that sort of common core means that we can exchange information across the clouds. Mm -hmm. So... We use uh, what we call common data currencies. Well, for example, a pipe. Like if we have a pipe in Inventor and a pipe in Plant3D, pipe in Innovise, yep. we want to be able to know that that is the same pipe, yeah. right, logically, even though we might have three different representations of it, which we use in Innovise and Inventor and AutoCAD or Plant3D, yeah. and uh, whatever it is, like those common data currencies can be supported by anyone, right, with this sort of open standard, open API, and that sort of platform mentality really means that you know, the same things that made AutoCAD successful back in the day with the object ARX stuff, we're, we're seeking to do that again in a much bigger kind of way with more powerful engines, you know, at the, at the helm. Yeah, and we want to bring AutoCAD customers with us. I mean, AutoCAD has a big role to play in this. And like you said, we're going to continue to do things that, that continue to hopefully delight our customers and bring more ML insights and more value to them as we go on this journey. We're yes. all going on this journey together, right? Yeah, and, and yeah. we were very, very intentional about the fact that we don't want to say like, Hey, let's abandon the past and everybody yeah. on the future. Like that is not what this is, right? Like we are doing incremental value delivery with every step, right? We know this is going to take a long time. And if we can have the cloud information model, like offer value back to the existing uh, customer base, yeah. as well as look towards the future, like that's exactly what we're going to do, right? Mm -hmm. And that compatibility is frankly going to be necessary because I think AutoCAD is going to be around for the rest of all time. <laughs> so I'm not worried about that and you shouldn't be either. Yeah. Uh, I did want to touch on something you talked about earlier. You talked about the acquisition of Visual Tau in 2009. Can you talk to me a little bit about um, how we've evolved as AutoCAD has evolved in terms of multi-platform over that time? Sure. These acquisitions are super interesting, right? Like you get a bunch of startups and then you like acquire them into Autodesk, which is perhaps known as a large machine at times. You know, we get some uh, 
cultural um, challenges, shall we say? But it's it's a good, healthy tension, right? Like they help you sort of innovate, right? Because they're they're used to innovating in the outside world, where like funding is scarce, and you know they have to make the next dollar, or they're right. not gonna, you know, they run run out of runway and go bankrupt. But that sort of acquisition of Visual Tao really set us up for having an appropriate discussion about like delivering value in an incremental way that makes sense, right? And so they initially started with. You know, I think it was even a flash-based uh, yeah, right. UI, yeah. and you know, with always an eye towards bringing the mobile stuff forward. But it was a fundamental like rewrite of AutoCAD from outside the building that we acquired, right? right. And I totally fell into the like innovators dilemma of this. You know, I'm used to like uh, big major customers like talking about you know, visual fidelity and my line types don't look right and what's wrong with this thing and. Uh, <laughs> And then I saw the visual fidelity of a startup on the outside that we just acquired, and I was like, "Oh, that's not good enough." Like, yeah. you know, they're going to be eating they're not gonna, Who's yeah. going to, you know, our major accounts are going to flip out at this. Yeah. But you know, people want their drawings on a mobile device. That's right. Right. This is what I fundamentally missed at the time. Right. And realize now with millions of people using the mobile version of things, that helped teach us like that sort of trade-off. Right. So I think the I want to give context. It was 2009. The iPhone was two years old. Yes. I feel like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. hindsight is twenty twenty, right? But I mean, like you know, this was this was early days of yeah. pre iPad, possibly. You know, I mean, it I was pre iPad. Yeah. So yeah, there yeah, we yeah. go, right? Like, yeah. No, yeah. this was super early, yeah. right? And uh, but I think once once we learned that, which yeah. I personally benefited from, like we were all in, right? Yeah. So how could we bring more and more the strength and breadth of the AutoCAD universe to the mobile platform? Right. And as the mobile platform got stronger, right? Like the the iPhone that we have today is probably several thousand or even more times more powerful than the one that showed up in 2007. That's right. So the uh, it's roughly equivalent to what a computer from like a desktop computer from 10 years ago. Right. right? And yeah. AutoCAD ran on a computer from 10 years That's ago. Right. right. And so we realized that you could start to reuse increasing amounts of the desktop app on the mobile device because it had the horsepower to run it. Right. Right. And that was like an awakening. Right. So and we had teams like literally rewriting the table object and like, OK, that took an AutoCAD team, like six people on a team, like two years to build a table, right? So, I mean, yeah. it's a very sophisticated <laughs> table. Those of you who know the table object in AutoCAD, but do we want to have another team rebuild that on a different code base? So you're going to have to rewrite it. Every, we had a C++ code base for desktop, right? And we had, yes. you're going to have to rewrite it for each platform we were. We rewrote yeah. every single feature up until that point. And we were like, you know what? That's probably not the right way to yeah. go. So yeah. we ended up trying to, and a miracle of miracle, AutoCAD ran on uh, Unix back in the day. Those of you who have been around that long, multiple flavors of Unix even. And because uh, the version of Mac OS was now based on, uh, it was like Darwin, uh, you know, Linux variants, the, uh, we actually had a chance to get uh, AutoCAD desktop code to run in a Unix Mac OS environment. And that, that really opened the door, plus the Intel stuff. And we increasingly bring this stuff over to you know, mobile and web and various different ways of repurposing the AutoCAD code base, which increases usability, yeah. increases compatibility, like it makes it faster. Yeah. There's a lot of awesome stuff. Features in there. the market quicker, you know, haven't we so basically we have a single code C code base today where we can port features, you know, I say it's as easy as turning them on and uh, on other platforms and software yes. developers. And then your team eyes. like cringes, <laughs> yes. Like who's but that guy? Oh wait, he's our boss. Yeah, yeah. I think we better do it. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, it's game changing in terms of we can deliver value faster for customers. We've got, we have robust desktop web mobile. We have a new offering. I'm excited about that. Which is our uh, AutoCAD web offering, which just came out recently, our web and mobile apps. So, so we have, you know, a full portfolio of products to try and solve all, all the AutoCAD needs and, and to make sure this 40 year legacy continues when, you know, as we go forward. Rob, now we get to the serious part of the interview. I want to talk to you about some this or that things and 
Uh, these are going to be tough. It's going to be real. <laughs> it's going to be real. Oh, no. This is where it gets real. Okay, this or that. Rob, tea or coffee? Coffee. Ribbon or command line? Command line. Always. Always. Lisp or macros? Lisp. Have to. <laughs> it's what got you here. Yeah. Uh, enter button, space bar, or right click? Space bar. Boom. On the same page there. Daniel's a right clicker. What? Um, yeah, I know. I was very disappointed. Light mode or dark mode? Dark. Yeah, same. Groups or blocks? Blocks. Floating tabs, tile, or tab on a second monitor? Second monitor. Yeah. Last one. This is Daniel specific with dogs or cats. I guess you get or nothing. What would you go Oh, for? I got two cats. I got s'mores <laughs> and clementine at home, and they're, uh, <laughs> you know, they would not look, uh, look lightly upon me for not saying cats, so I got to say cats. Fantastic. Rob, I got one more thing I got to do. I'm going to do a shout out. We've had some, uh, some tips come in from some of our customers. Here's one. See, did you know this one? Uh, use the copy command, not control C and control V. Control C and control V. Pull your line work out of your drawing, then paste it back in, creating dummy blocks in your drawings that can cause unnecessary bloat. That's from Adam's Fonsworth. I did not know that. Dummy yeah. block sounds bad. That sounds dummy bad. Blocks. Yes. Requiring purge. No dummies. Let's not, let's not do that. No purge. Rob, it's been a real pleasure talking to you today. I know you're super busy. You got to run off to other things. Thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing all your knowledge with us. Awesome. Happy to be here. Thank you, Marcus. It's been great. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob.